The psalmist said, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help, for my help cometh down from the Lord. Harold E. Hughes, the 36th governor of Iowa, also a United States senator, said, I know no words of prayer. God help me because I cannot help myself. The psalmist said in Psalm 71 and verse 12, O God, be not far from me. O my God, make haste for my help. I've seen it through the years when people are in need. They call on God and God comes to them and I thank God He does. I remember years ago when Sister Murphy and I were evangelizing We were in a hotel room in North Carolina in a strange city. We made it to the hotel and was looking for directions to the service, to the church service that night. I don't know what happened, and I didn't know of any doctors to call. I didn't know where a hospital was, an emergency room, anything of that nature. At the time, Casey was two years old, burning up with a fever. Her eyes had glazed over, and she was laying in the bed, burning up, And we didn't know what to do. So we called on God, which is what you should do. As God is my witness, we prayed for her. In a matter of moments, her fever was completely gone. And she was sitting in the middle of the bed playing with toys and what have you. And the fever never returned. I'm thankful that God comes to our need and to our aid. God has come to me and my family Many, many times in the midst of of so many unwanted, uninvited, tragic situations, more times than I have time to tell you today, He has truly been an ever-present help in the time of trouble. Not only to me and to my family, but also to the people of God. And I'm sure everyone here today could testify about those times when there was no answer, there was no solution, your back was against the wall, you called on God, God came, and God took care of it. What a mighty God we serve. What an awesome God we serve. I've stood at the bedside of the sweet saints of God, and i watched God work miracles. I've witnessed the comfort of the Holy Ghost when the loved ones passed on. I've seen God perform many miracles on many different occasions. I'm still amazed at how God steps into our lives and grants answers to fervent prayers that we pray. I'm still amazed at how gracefully He steps into a hospital room or the intensive care unit and in the atmosphere of hopeless despair when the doctor says there's no hope, God makes everything all right. Amen. From a little bit of a distance, I watched this happen with the Smith family just a few weeks ago with his brother. The doctors didn't know what was wrong. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with Landon. They'd kind of just come to the conclusion, we don't know, but we all watched God. We all watched God step in. And when they finally diagnosed him, they said he would be in the hospital for our intensive care for about six to eight weeks and possibly in the hospital for three months. 
Landon walked out of the hospital about five or six days later. That's the kind of God that I'm talking about. That when we need Him, He comes to where we are. And He has a fantastic ability to make everything all right. I remember hearing the story when Steve and Sherry were told that you'll never have children. We all now know that God stepped in to the middle of that situation. And now they are the parents of two absolutely beautiful, adorable children today. It's just God. It's just what God does. And God is so good at it. You and I, dear pastor right now, you and I have become accustomed to praying. With the aid of prevalent faith, God come to me. I need you desperately. Does not the Bible say that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avail much? Oh, yes, it does. But I have not come to preach about that today. I'm sorry to let you down so harshly. But we have developed a mentality as church people. Listen very carefully and try to get your head around it. We have developed a mentality that our relationship with God is solely based on Him always coming to where we are. That's the successful service. That's why I wanted you here Wednesday night so you'd appreciate today. That's why Wednesday night's important. That's why we all need to be here on Wednesday night. Do I need to go through that again or did you get it? Thank you. I didn't want to anyway. But we say, typically, the service we talk about, the service we call our friends and loved ones and tell them about, is the service that ministers to me. When God comes to me, then it's been a great service. You have to understand what I'm preaching today, and I hope all of you do. There's people in this church right now that are currently in a spiritual transition. That they have grown weary with all God always coming to where they are when they are needy. They have developed a hunger and a desire to go to where God is to fulfill His purpose. You've got to get a hold of this. I understand today that nobody likes moving. Nobody likes to move from one house to the next. We did it uh, a little over a year and a half ago. I need my picture on the screen. Nobody likes moving. Nobody likes packing up boxes. Nobody likes loading the moving van. Nobody likes that. I understand it. Because moving makes you realize how much of a pack rat that you are and that you try not to be. Moving makes you realize that you've accumulated more junk and you can have a garage sale from now until the time Jesus comes. 
you could rent the newest and latest vacated shopping center and put all of your junk out there on our little banquet tables and just sell stuff for a quarter until you are admitted into your nursing home. Does anybody get the point? We do the same thing spiritually. You hear me today, my friends, hear me today. When God steps into our life, Melanie Tipler, and wants to move us from a needy place to a place of purpose, we realize that we have accumulated so many attitudes, so many perspectives, and so many bents, and we have become comfortable living. Oh, God, help me today. We have become satisfied and contented, and we say we're on fire for God, and we're excited about God when you have lived in a perpetual state of need. And God, help me. We call that success, but God calls moving to Him a bigger, greater, and more desired success. Every one of us should be in a posture today that says I'm tired of living and always needing God, of always God wanting to answer my prayer and never becoming what God wants us to do. We have taken God and tailored Him to what we think He is when God wants to take us and tailor us into people that He knows who He is. Oh, my. Let me show you this. How many knows the story? This is a response question. Not a set and stare pastor question. This is a response question. How many of you know the story of the three Hebrew boys? Shadrach, Meshach, and to bed we go. We all know their stand of faith. And there's, let me correct that for the kids. The third one's not named into bed we go. Ask your mom and daddy and see if they can give you their true name, their true Hebrew name. Anyway, <clears throat> I put somebody on the spot, make you wish you had gone through Bible quizzing and attended Sunday school more often, probably. Anyway, <clears throat> but the three Hebrew boys, we all know their faith, their, their, their stand of faith and stand of courage to look the most powerful man in the world and look him in the eye and say, I don't care how much you play that music, we're not bowing to your image. And he'll say, I'll throw you into a fiery furnace. It's not a big deal to us. We're still not bowing. I'm going to heat it up seven times hotter. It's still not a big deal. We're not bowing to the image that you have built. We're not going to worship that. We have a God already in our life that we worship. That's another good message for another day. We like to share our worship between God and other stuff we like. Tiger Stadium. Salami, Salome. Baloney. Anyway. Can y'all smile just for... 
That's the problem. Y'all are still mad about last night. That's the problem. Get over it. You'll forget about it this time next year. It'll be a decent memory, I promise you. Anyway. But here's the three Hebrew boys. We're not going to worship your God. So they were thrown into the midst of the fiery furnace. And who showed up? God showed up. I love the analogy. If you can't get out of a situation, drag God in it with you. And that's what they did. And you know what? If it's going that good in this fiery furnace, and you've got the king up there freaking out, you people should be barbecued human by now. And you're still walking around having a ball. And who's that fourth man down there with you? I think that might be the son of God, he said. Well, that's a revelation. But I think it'd be pretty cool to drag God into the fiery furnace. And you're not getting burnt. <laughs> your clothes, man, your Jardash and Calvin Klein and all of that. Never mind. Let me make this more relevant. Your George clothes. That's the Walmart brand. They're intact, man. Ha! This is good stuff. Man, I'm seeing a side of God that I've never looked at this, man. We're walking around on hot coals and we're just having a great time. The king up there is spazzing out. He can't figure this out. This is so good with God coming to me in my need in the fiery furnace and I'm making it through this stuff and I'm impressing everybody around that sees all this going on. I think I'm just going to stay here. Is that what God wanted? God brought them through the fire. Everybody say, through the fire. He didn't put them in the fire to stay in it. But brother, you just don't understand how real God was. I felt so horrible that God came in. He don't want you to stay like that. He wants you to get better. I'm sorry, they're not hearing, you know, I hear you, you don't hear me, but I heard her, <coughs> Daniel stood tall for Jesus, and everybody turned against him, you know the story, he was dropped down into a, is it a lion's den? Or a den of lions. There's a difference. A lion's den. It may not have lions in it. But a den of lions. There's a bunch of them. Waiting on you. And they want you cooked medium. With a loaded baked potato. 
and Thousand Island on the salad and some good garlic French bread. They're waiting on you, dude. And he got down there in the lion's den, the den of lions. Isn't this awesome? Look how I needed God. And God came to my rescue. I think I'm just going to stay here. Hey, everybody's impressed, man. The king is spazzing out. Daniel, did you make it through the night? He's listening for a line to belch. Nope, not this time. We love the fiery furnace, man. Because we love the compliments of people running up and saying, Oh, Brother Steve, I know you're in the middle of hell right now. And I know life is grueling and terrible. Bless his holy name. And I know everything is about to fall apart. And we're praying for you. And deep down on the inside, we're giddy. Yes, sir, boy, people are noticing God's working in my life. I haven't killed myself yet. Do you think it's some convoluted Pentecostal mentality that God is happy with you living like that? I understand. We go through the valley of the shadow of death. You don't build a house there. Just living in this constant perpetual state of something wrong, something needy. I always need God. Have you ever considered that God just might need you for something else? What happened when Daniel came out of the den of lions? The king signed a decree. Said everybody on this planet is going to worship the God of Daniel from now on. That's a whole lot better than what happened in the den of lions, is it not? Y'all are staring at me like I'm crazy. Don't you remember the three Hebrew boys came out, 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 came out. Of the fiery furnace. They came out, they came out. They came out. They had to tear down their little tent of neediness, pack it all up, put the backpack on, and walk out of the fiery furnace and say, I'm moving. I'm moving to another place. I'm moving to a greater purpose. I'm not, I appreciate what God did for me in the fiery furnace, but I'm not staying there. I'm not doing a good job. These people hadn't done that worship thing this morning. They're going better right now. All all fat and sassy. They're full. I'm getting kind of sleepy, Brother Murphy. Praise God. Not long after we built, bought this building, I handpicked 12 men, just a random number of men, to meet with me on random nights. To come and pray with me in what I called an evening of encounter. Most of those men are here. One has gone on to his reward. On the very first time we gathered that night, it was right after we bought this building, I prayed a prayer that wasn't pre-thought or premeditated. 
I prayed standing right over there. I'll never forget it. God, move me to where you are. I love it and appreciate it when God comes to where I am. But there's just something attractive to me about where he is. I've never been the same. I've not been the same. I've prayed that prayer over and over. And I'm going to tell you, it's kind of scary when God starts packing your moving van and you realize all the junk that you've accumulated and you've got to change the way you think. You've got to change the way you look at stuff. You've got to change your opinion about things. You can't be quiet as sanctimonious and judgmental. You get a little scary. It gets a little scary. It gets a little fearful when God has taken you to an arena of the unknown. I remember, if I can say it without boasting, and I'm not into that, and I hope all of you know that. But I can say here today, honestly, I remember it being prophesied in my ear that God was going to begin to do things in my life. And it scared me. But it really scared me when he started. When God introduced me to a level of the gifts of the Spirit that I'd never been to before. That kind of freaked me out a little bit. But I am willing. I was willing then and I'm willing now to have God move me to where He is. I want God to move me to where He is. And there's people here today that's in a time of transition. You've talked to me about it. Somebody sat in my office this morning and said, something's going on in my life and I just can't quite get my head around it. It's transition. It's God moving you from here to here. And then He'll move you here and here. We've got to move. As a church body, We've got to move. I'm sorry. I'm going to tell you, man, when you move out of the house I just moved out of and the one I just moved into, it's more than. anybody excited about moving to a greater place in Jesus? Is that appealing to anybody? I don't understand. I'll tell you what, Pastor. We'll start packing next Sunday. Brother Holland will have been here. That'll be his third service and we'll be on board and we'll start. No, 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 no. That's not my attitude. We should have been doing this years ago. We don't have another week to waste, another day to waste. We need to start moving as a church body to where God wants us to be so that in your worship service you can have people heal and receive the Holy Ghost and listen to Pastor today. If we'll move to where He is, your need will be met anyway. More of your needs are met when you are living according to His purpose than when you're living needy. God, I wish we could understand that. In other words, don't always be content to bring God where, where your need is, but ask God to move you to where His purpose is for your life. Somebody said you can spend minutes, hours, days, weeks, or even months 
overanalyzing the situation, trying to put the pieces together, justifying what could have or would have happened. Or you can just leave the pieces on the floor and move on. Huh? Don't sit around and analyze why God this and why God that. Just move on. You do in life. You ever figure out why that kid came and stole your bicycle? Are you still there? Or did you move on? Get over it. Bad things happen to good people. Every day, all day. Bad things happen to bad people. Sooner or later, you have to make a decision to move on. You can't stay in the fiery furnace. Somebody said it's important that we forgive ourselves for making mistakes. We need to learn from our errors and move on. Same man said, cry, forgive, learn, move on. Let your tears water the seeds of your future happiness. Katerina Stoikova said, moving on is easy. It's staying moved on that's trickier. Most of us live in a place spiritually that we have become content to live in. We say, I'm happy as long as God is meeting my needs. We call that a successful relationship with God. If you'd have been here this past Wednesday night, you'd appreciate that more anyway. We then live out the rest of our lives never knowing what God's purpose for our life really is. Because we've learned to be content with being needy. Okay. Here's where it gets real tricky. Put the picture of Jesus walking on the water up there for me. Y'all remember the story? Where Jesus walked on the water? You know what the Bible says about that story? The disciples were in the midst of the stormy sea, giving that boat everything they had. And buddy, they were experiencing their own hurricane. Been to the Sea of Galilee, and they tell me it can get real tricky. The winds can blow as hard, it can blow a Greyhound bus off the highway. That's what they were fighting that night. The Bible doesn't necessarily say that they're calling for Jesus to come help them. I think just out of compassion, he starts walking toward them on the water. Okay, now watch. All of you Bible scholars, does not the Bible say that first of all, they thought it was a phantom or a ghost? And then they recognized it was Jesus. But doesn't the Bible say that he would have walked past them? Oh, wait, 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 wait. These people are sinking, man. Oh, they were. They were sinking. Drowning was the next big word in their vocabulary list. Scuba diving on the bottom, holding your breath as long as you can. That's what was ahead of them. And Jesus was going to walk past them? Let me ask you this question then, all of you Bible scholars. Was he walking to them on the water? Or was he just taking a stroll out on the water? 
Bible doesn't say. It does not say he was coming to them. So he wasn't walking to them. So what was he doing? Walking on water. In the middle of a hurricane. In the middle of Hurricane Sandy. He's right there just how y'all doing? Y'all catching anything? Y'all doing any good? Try crickets next time. If you want to be real savvy, go to Walmart and buy you a can of corn. I just learned a couple of months ago that you can catch fish with one little kernel of corn. So try some corn. <laughs> y'all do good in this storm. See y'all. And Peter says, wait! Is that you, Jesus? I wish the Bible added all the stuff. I have a feeling there's more to that story. Yeah, Peter, it's me. Jesus, what are you doing? I'm just walking on water. Where's your umbrella? I don't need one. I ain't worried about getting wet. Maybe he wasn't getting wet. I like to think he wasn't. That's just me. Well, look, Peter, nice chatting with you, man. Watch that lightning. Not good to be out on the water and the lightning. And that thunder's kind of nerve-wracking. I see y'all's boat's rocking a little bit over there, and you're bailing water. But just keep working at it. You'll be all right. See y'all. Jesus! What? Can't you see I'm out for a midnight stroll? Actually, three in the morning stroll. Been praying. Up in the mountain. Just thought I'd come take a stroll out on the water. Y'all look at me like you want to. But I can't find any other reason why Jesus was out on the stormy sea that night. They didn't ask for him to come. And the Bible doesn't say he was walking to them. The Bible said he would have walked past them. And so I like to think in a good courteous way from one carpenter to another fisherman. Build your boat nutters better next time. Hire my company to build your boat and you won't have so much trouble. We need to let Jesus be our boat builder. There's a good sermon in there. I'm not being ridiculous. He would have walked past them. Do y'all get that? So Jesus decided... I'm going to stop here on the water and teach a little lesson. And I'm just going to stand here and see what they do. And Peter bites. He was biting on that better than the fish was. What? Jesus? And here's where Peter fell short to me. Anybody could have said they were Jesus. I mean, except they couldn't walk on the water like he could. So I guess it's a moot point. But anyway, if it's you, Jesus... Jesus, you don't understand how needy I am right now. I'm sinking and drowning is in my very near future. And I need help bad. But there's something about you all. There's something about where you are that I want to do. Jesus' place was no more safer than theirs. At least they were in a boat. But Jesus standing in the middle 
of that sea, that stormy sea, to them, to Peter, was safer than where he was. And I admire the old chap. Did you? Did me come? I don't know what you're doing, Abner. And I don't know where you stand. It doesn't matter. I'm not asking you to come with me. I'm asking you to come. You say, Pastor, it's impossible. Because where Jesus is and where I am right now is impossible. Don't you think Peter knew that? Because God let, as far as we know, the only human being on this planet go by. Because Peter wanted to go. And God is here right now. Not to come to you. There's people here today, and I'm going to say this as passionately as honestly and sincerely as I can. You've let him walk past you. And not one time. But I have a feeling that's true. There's some people here today that's tired of where they are. Where from here to here might look impossible. Just remember with God. He wants to move you. Where you are. I'm done with my picture. Let me conclude with this today. Let me conclude with this. We love John chapter 14, don't we? In my father's house are many mansions. Has it ever occurred to you that you're going to have to move in order to get there? Jesus didn't say he's coming back to where you are now. Where are we going to move now? Huh? In the sky, in the air, same thing. Are you willing to make that trip? No, you're not. You're scared to death. The thought of it makes you shake. If you won't walk horizontally to Jesus, how are you going to rise vertically to Jesus? Huh? Think about it. I don't mind tall buildings when I know it's firm under my feet. But these idiots, I mean these people that does this tight rope stuff, no, not me. It's going to have to be a God thing for me to go from here to there. So I want you to watch 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Love Paul's terminology here. But I would not have you to be ignorant. And I say it like I want to. Quit being so dad blame stupid. I don't know if dad blames a curse word. If it is, God, I repent. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I apologize to these folks. I apologize. I'm sorry. But you get the point. I would not have you to be ignorant concerning them which are asleep. They moved on. We're sad about it because we don't like it 
when people we love move. But don't sorrow over that like other people which have no hope. For if you believe that Jesus died and rose again, he moved out of a grave. He went to death and hell and back. He moved. And he didn't stay in the grave. And he didn't stay on this planet. He was raptured. He ascended back into heaven. So he died and rose again. Even so them which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Heaven isn't in the grave with them. He's bringing them to where he is. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord. That we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel. And with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. You're moving man. goes that rapture thing again hallelujah it's not happening today come on pastor get by no 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 everything you own and what I understand is even everything that you're wearing I hope he does that transformation thing pretty quick I'll seeing naked people being raptured never mind The stuff you're wearing ain't going to heaven. Everything you possess is going to be left right here. And if you can't move towards God with your junk, how are you going to move towards God without your junk? Excuse me for saying the word junk, but virtually everything you own right now will one day end up in a garage sale, so go ahead and admit it with me. Does anybody see God has wrapped his arms around this church and he just wants to move us to another dimension, move us to another arena of spirituality, another arena of power, another arena of anointing, but God, I love the fire. I don't! I want out of the fire! I don't care how miraculous it is. I want to go to the next fire. I want to go to the next mountaintop. I want to be where he is. Stand with me. I'm going way out of my skin right now. God wants to move you. You've been stuck in a place for years. You've been stuck in a place spiritually, a mindset, a bit. God wants to move you.
is a God moment. This is a God moment. Put your hand on somebody next to you and pray for them right now. Let's pray for one another right now. Everybody come up around the front. Everybody come up around the front if you feel to. Everybody come. This is a God moment going on here right now. There's people here today. You're not going to be the same when you leave. I know it's kind of late, but this is a God moment. God wants to move you to where he is. His purpose. His design for your life. Let God take you there.
want you to put your arms, I want you to put your arms around one another. And I want us to pray again. There's, there's that deep flow of the Holy Ghost. God is wanting to move you. He wants to move our church. We're going to see it the next couple of weeks. He's been on a 21-day fast. God's heard that. He's heard the prayers. God's moving us, folks, to a greater place. While Casey's singing, playing, whatever, I want you to pray fervently for one another right now. Pray fervently right now. In the name of Jesus, everybody pray fervent right now. Somebody turn loose what you feel right now. Let the Lord have his way. This is a God moment. This is a God moment for somebody. God bless you guys. Thank you for your patience here this morning. Thank you. You're dismissed. God bless you.